What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Keith and Mike Watch Deep Space Nine. Today, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 2, The Search, Part 2. Mike Indeglio. I, that's Mike Indeglio. I'm Keith Barney. How's it going, buddy? I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Yeah, it's going good. I, I will say patrons... Uh, know that uh, this season I've been joined by my lovely wife, CEO Jen, to watch the episode. And Keith, I got to tell you, I was so discombobulated yesterday. We're, watch we're excited to watch the show. She's excited. I'm, you know, I'm fidgety as is, but I'm more fidgety with her next to me and I don't have any move room to move the, the chair. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm overly sensitive about all my gear. Not that she's irresponsible, I, but I'm treating her like a, a three-year-old and then I feel bad about it and all this stuff. Long story short, did she slap you on the no, feed? No, no, no. We're 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 getting our mojo down. But Keith, I hit one record button, but I didn't hit two. So there's no video for this week. So we can just listen to. I you. have the audio. I, I don't know. I may post the like MP3 for the patrons just for the sake of com completionist. But nobody wants to listen to us watching. Well. Then again, that was, the whole, that was our entire podcast. We did 180 episodes yes. of that nonsense. So my point is, I'll be posting the MP3 of that today, but I did capture Jen's thoughts, so you'll get them here on the YouTube. But if you want friends and family to watch mm. Jen and I usually watch <laughs> Deep Space Nine, uh, you can do so over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash K and M and Keith. Mm. You get all kinds of other goodies. You and I are going to be working on some new stuff, maybe this week, in fact. We should, yes. Uh, we're going to be getting back to a video game. We're going to be uh, watching a, a next-gen episode that Keith is about to pick because we owe you one of those, and we might get you another yes, Ask Me Anything. Do. Oh, you never know what's coming in your feed. But we'd like to say thank you to these fine folks. Keith, read those names with pips and pops in place. All right. You've got, if you've got the four pips, you're Brian Kaufman and Casey Clark. If you've got three pops, it's Bren Joshua. If you've got two poops, it's Andrew Hayes, Jorge Navoa, and the mysterious Warps Boot Shivs, and Richard Coleman. And if you've just got one, one pep, it's CRM Productions, Charles Babbage, Nikolai Ivanovich, Lobachevsky, at Grim Toys, and delusions at noon you can join the team at patreon.com slash k and m and i want to say a special thanks we always love the interactions we get both on our patreon and on mm -hmm. the youtube comments that so much smarter people talk about us but you know on saturdays keith we look at toys it's one of our favorite days. We look at Keith's Star Trek toys, but recently we've been really getting into your Star Trek customs, your Star Trek custom play sets, and this past weekend, if you haven't checked it out yet, folks, get on our YouTube, check the feed. Our good friend, Joshua Cronin, Bren Joshua, have has has shared with us uh, this awesome handcrafted Deep Space Nine play set, which is apropos to our show, but I made a joke at the end of the episode. Oh, no. What did you do? I, I, I don't I, listen when you talk. I said so I that don't... the scale of the thing doesn't seem to be so big that it's divorce worthy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we got a great comment on the YouTube from Bren's, uh, from Joshua's partner who wrote in and let us know. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't Not divorce that. worthy. I'm a very loving and supportive partner. And <laughs> I love both the support <laughs> in that comment, but also the self-congratulations. It's very... Uh, just near and dear to my heart. So to all of the all of the people listening to the podcast oh today, God. 
But more importantly, today's podcast is dedicated to all the partners who are listening in the background because they are forced into it. <laughs> because for those heathens like Keith who don't wear headphones when they listen to these podcasts. Or no, was it was that the argument we had? I, for any heathens out there listening mm-hmm. on your TVs, which we found there are quite a few. Yes, any that's partners true. in the kitchen, in the living mm-hmm. room, in We're the office, trying us. to work uh, and yeah. having to hear our nonsense in mm-hmm. the background. This one's dedicated to you. We salute you. We thank you. And entirely so appropriate on the week I announced my divorce. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, anything can happen here. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the, the play sets. It was not the play sets. <laughs> it wasn't the play sets exclusively. We'll say that. No, it, it, I mean, it, it probably wasn't working in my favor, but. <laughs> you can, I don't think you can say, breaker. Keith, can you say with 100% certainty that it was 0% the play sets? I mean, it hasn't been brought up. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see when we get the paperwork, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> She's taking them for all his Deep Space Nine figures. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, we kid uh, yeah. because we are all still family and we all love. Damn right. Uh, no, but that's that is amazing. Uh, uh, Joshua, your your partner is amazing, uh, and uh, that's cool. And did you know why uh, why Bren Joshua is on our Patreon? But it's Joshua Cronin in real life. That's his Bajoran name. Get out! Oh my goodness, that makes a lot of sense, Keith. Boom. So uh, there it is. We're going to have lots more work from John. Anyway, so hello to everyone's husbands, wives, partners, whomever. All right. So pets. Oh, yeah. I mean, pets are a big part of the show, too. In fact, Mm. uh, can you send? I don't think you can send it in the comments. Now, I wanted to see pictures of pets because I love those. But if you know what, tag us on your. What are we on? uh, What are we on the Instagram? Oh, God, I haven't updated in 100 years. I think it's like at. DS9 reviews? Eh, find us. Could eh. be that. Or or just look at my Star Trek toys at gmail.com or K- Keith and Mike Entertainment at gmail.com. So many emails. I just Send want pictures of pets. Thank you. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, you know, before we finish with interactions with our amazing viewers, we have our new segment this week. And that is we have our fourth opinion on last week's episode. Well, let's recap first. So let's recap what our thoughts were. Okay. So uh, the search part one. I gave a healthy 91, you were more skeptical, Mm -hmm. and gave merely an 83. And I think the fourth opinion is where we're going to find out which one of us is right. What about the third opinion? Third opinion? Well, no, but the third opinion, the CEO, Jen, exists in her own special universe. Oh, that doesn't get factored in? Oh, yeah. I'm going to add it to the spreadsheet. You just didn't put it in the spreadsheet and then tried to jury rig the whole thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you'd have to no, re-math. No, 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 no. The math, the, no, we, we have we have my rating, we have your rating, we have Jen's rating, and then we have the viewer rating. Yes. And uh, the viewer rating is the final say yes. to find out which one of us were correct. Oh, I thought and we were averaging. We okay. No, the average of the viewers is the, and then wh- whichever one of us is closer to the viewer average is the one who's correct. Oh, so it's, a, so it's not about getting a definitive rating. It's about a competition with Keith. Who's right? I'm sorry. Have we met? <laughs> See, this is the perfect. Mike thought, oh, hey, let's take, let's average this, the, mm-hmm. the user scores, and then average all four scores to get the definitive podcast ranking for the episode. But no, Keith just wants to say who's right or wrong. That's <laughs> who won the Madden game. Duh. Okay. 
Fair. I mean, I mean, come on. Did, your did, show, buddy. Your show. I, I was I was playing for keeps when we were projecting Madden on the wall in our apartment in Brooklyn <laughs> yeah, while eating clear. Chinese yeah. food. I just wanted another egg roll. The projector you stole from it was a light special borrow. needs children. A soft borrow. <laughs> okay. None of that. What none of what Keith just said is is fair or true. Mostly, it's mostly true. <laughs> All right. So here are the ratings that came in on the comments below in YouTube, which is where you can leave your rating for the search part two. For the part one, Brian Kaufman says ninety. Sans Deity says eighty nine. The Perceptor says ninety plus. Bren Joshua says 95, Delusions at Noon says 88 for an average of 90.4, which uh, if we're counting at home, which we are, I was a 91, much closer than your 83. Yeah, but Jen was a 90, so it turns out, Keith. Jen was the close, Jen Jen won. So before you jump up. By one-tenth of a point. Price is right. They don't even, there's not, you lost. That's. Well, yeah, that's true. I, I did go over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. So, uh, yeah. So please leave your ratings below. Um, that is, I think that's going to be a fun new segment. All right. So we should we talk about the search part two? Uh, I mean, it makes stands to reason. It is sort of what we're doing yeah. here. All right. So this episode aired on October third, nineteen ninety four. The top song continued to be. Boys to men's, I'll make love to you. I can't wait to hear it. Make love to you. And I'm talking about Kira. And I used to mean Vedic Peral. But now I think I might mean Odo. Because they almost made out a couple times on that goo planet. And it got real weird when their hands melted. But I think that was his mom. So that was even weirder. <laughs> wow, that went in so many directions. Because wow, CEO Jen, I would like to I would like to hear your rating and review of that version of I'll Make I don't Love. Know, to I you. picked such a you know uh, my my fake bad fake bad singing as someone quoted it. Yeah, totally fake. And you chose the wrong key. Yeah, and I, it and I, was way too high. I definitely committed to it. Uh, and then I kept coming. But, uh, okay, let's move forward. Okay, yes, that was the song. All right, the top movie, and I'd like to hear a song about this as well. Uh, the top movie this week was The River Wild. What the hell is that? That's that Brad Pitt movie about the river and like a bear or something. I don't know. One of them dies, oh, I think. Well, that synopsis, I. I now I know. Now it's my memory's jogged. <laughs> All right. So if we were not listening to that phenomenal song or seeing that movie, I didn't only sort of remember. What were we watching on television? ABC was rocking Coach Keith. Craig T. Mm. Nelson. God, I loved that show. And then a, a show called Blue Skies. You know that what that was? No. Oh, interesting. Uh, CBS was running out there Monday night block of The Nanny, Dave's World, Murphy Brown, Love and War, and Northern Exposure. I know a few of those. Melrose Place on Fox, followed by Party of Five, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with a funny title, Grumpy Young Men, Blossom, the second part of a two-parter like we're doing, Keith. So Blossom also had a two-parter. A New Life Part Two, the NBC Monday Night Movies. Did Blossom get pregnant? Uh, no, but she was, uh, getting ready to swap networks and host Jeopardy. NBC's Monday Night at the Movies was Someone She Knows, but Keith, 
Hmm. Important to us sports ball folks. Yes, indeed. Monday Night Football. Are you ready for some football? Those are my, was my favorite theme song. They never should have changed it. Sorry, Carrie Underwood. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Houston, the then Houston Oilers 30 mm-hmm. to 14. Okay. That's what was on TV. Okay, very, very good. All right, well, enough of that nonsense. Let's do the heavy, hard-hitting news from the Weekly World News. And this week, we have some great news. Billy Graham has taught us how we can contact our guardian angel and change our life forever. Uh, So, uh, good. Huzzah. Um, Yep. Definitely Billy Graham. Oof. All right. Let us move on from that. Exercise bikes sent to starving Africans. That didn't age well. It it, it didn't need to age well. That was horrible then. Chilling new prophecy of Fatima reveals frightening end to the 1990s. Mm. Quick, easy tell if you're a genius. Uh, Well, I mean, I got the numbers right here. I got a spreadsheet. Keith, my favorite is your love and money horoscope with a little tag that says pull out bonus. That's, that's save you money. That's how you save your money when you're loving. Do the pull out bonus. Ew, gross. So at All 14 right. minutes, Keith, have we wasted enough time? Uh, we sure have. Let's talk about more about this. I guess technically we were talking about the episode before, but now we're like really into specifically right, but Deep Space Nine. Isn't that a pitch part. to like the, the segment about wasting time? No, not yet. Oh, damn. We, I never, how do we, neither of us know the sequence of events yet? I, I have it written down here. Oh, I guess I have access to that too. I spe- but, but here, but I think that the, the footer that says about the episode, we can go. Would be appropriate. We, would be appropriate okay. here because the trivial trivia is within about the episode gotcha. inclusive of the thing. Right. All right. Gotcha. We just had a production meeting right here <laughs> on the, uh, that's what, that's what we call a production meeting. Some might okay. have said, Hey, you should have had that three seasons ago. Three seasons or eight, epi- eight <laughs> seasons of, uh, of out of practice, three other shows. Yeah. All right, whatever. All right. So the search part two, was directed by, wait for it, Jonathan Frakes, Commander Riker himself, directed this episode. Jonathan Frakes, uh, as well as being the iconic uh, Commander Riker, is a seasoned and veteran director of both television and film. Um, This is uh, the first of three episodes he will direct of Deep Space Nine. He did eight Next Generation episodes, three episodes of Voyager, seven of Discovery so far, six episodes of Picard so far. He also directed uh, episodes of of Enterprise, and he directed two of the Star Trek movies. He directed First Contact. Uh, possibly uh, the best of the Star Trek movies. He also directed the follow-up Star Trek Insurrection. So uh, dude knows what's what and uh, is a is a guy who made a very seamless transition out of acting into directing, uh, although he, uh, Picard has sucked him back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but a uh, really talented guy. So uh, Frakes, here it is, Star Trek royalty, with some free time now that he's uh, the show Next Gen is off the air. This episode was written uh, by Ira Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf. Teleplay by Ira Stephen Bear with a story by Bear and Wolf. Now it's time. 
Now Keith, waste your time with Trivial Trivia. Bing. Bing. All right, so uh, only a few things today because uh, starting now, I'm going to have to redact the trivia pretty hard for spoilers mm. as we move forward. Uh, but I will say that the monolith in the Shapeshifter's planet that we see in the garden there is almost identical to the monolith from the alternate, which they said might have been a relic of Odo's people. And I think this then does confirm it. Huh. You remember when they went to the planet and they they all choked in the uh, volcano gas and then Odo went crazy? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. There you go. Uh, when Bashir is intercepted by Garrick when he arrives back, uh, where you can see a couple of Jem'Hadar on the promenade, you can see the edge of the set. Uh, oh. Just on the very, we, they try to cover it up a little bit, but you see that the 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 stairs were like yank, go down, and then and then we're uh, we do not continue the promenade because guess what? It's not real. It's a set. So this is where I would normally say, what was Star Trek Voyager doing? But because it hasn't aired yet, you get more sports ball. The Giants lost the first game of the season to Jim Everett and the Saints, and the Eagles pasted the eventual Super Bowl winning 49ers 40 to 8. That 49ers team in 1994, that was the uh, the Steve Young, mm -hmm. Ricky Waters, Jerry Rice. That was a great football team. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So <laughs> I, had a production I was, meeting I was about up, that. I was upset because uh, they had to sunset Joe Montana, and I, uh, I loved him. Well, well, he wasn't sunset. He was he was playing for the Chiefs. Chiefs yeah, but this was his second season uh, playing for the Chiefs, wearing number nineteen, which is a combination of his 49ers number sixteen and his college number three, because sixteen had already been retired by Kansas City, I believe, because of Len Dawson. I don't remember your name, but I remember all that just off the all top right. of my head. Sounds good. The guest stars of this episode, The Search Part 2, include Salome Jens back as the female changeling. Of course, we have Andrew Robinson here as Garrick. We have Natalia Nogolich as Admiral Necheyev and Martha Hackett back as Tyrol. We also have Dennis Christopher playing Borath, okay. uh, the Vorta who you might know, or I might know, he was also Adult Eddie in the It TV movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, among other things that he's much more famous for, but I only care about the It movie. And Kenneth Marshall as Michael Eddington. Mike, I think it's time we uh, hop into the screening room. Let's do it. Okay, boy, ah, uh, Mike, I'm excited to get into this. I'm excited to hear what you think. Mm -hmm. Here in part two, and we begin. Well, you'll recall, Keith, to, yeah. to sum up. My biggest beef. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. With Mike, last we, we need a, a previously on, including your beefs. Oh, okay. Previously on this show that we're watching, <laughs> Cisco is pissed because the Jem'Hadar were like, your technology sucks it. So we came back with a pew pew ship 
called The Defiant. Not only is it pew pew, but we got a fabulous Romulan who is uh, giving us all kinds of style, but also giving us a little bit of cloaky cloak. So we're going to go through the wormhole and go shh, 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 and do a little mission, seek out those founders, because we got to figure out what's gone on. What ends up happening is uh, Odo's jonesing for something he sees on the radar. The Geminar jump on and they like blow everybody up. We're like, oh my goodness, what could have possibly happened? We wake up with Odo who's like, we got to go there. And Kira's like, but what about all of our buddies? And Odo's like, but there. And we get there. There's a lake, Keith. And in that lake, there's people, but they're not people. They're goo folk. And those goo folk are like, welcome home, Odie. And Odie's like, Hails, yeah, fade to black, part two. Okay, and your and I think I blacked out while you were doing that. And your beef with part one? My beef was that like uh, the really the good stuff didn't really start popping until the last like three minutes when Odo found the goo folk. And uh, here we are, we're on the the good the good ship, good goo folk. Okay, well we begin immediately after part one. Mm-hmm. Odo is coming to terms with the fact that he's found his people and his homeworld. We learn that he left his homeworld as an infant and thus has no memory of it. He asks, do I have a family? And the female changeling explains that we're all your family in part of the Great Link. Kira reminds him to lighten up and be happy instead of pestering them with 10,000 questions. The female changing explains that the Great Link is the goo pile they live in, and inside it, they all share thoughts and feelings. So they're they're like liquid Borg. They're like, you know, that's not a that's not a bad analogy. That kind of makes sense. I mean, they're they have they're much more emotional than yeah, Borg. yeah. But they do sort of share they their a own consciousness. They have their own local area network. They yes they have a they have a land and and clearly a VPN too yes oh yeah uh, that's guarded by just two strong guys yeah well Gem Hadar I mean you know I use Express VPN there's no Gem Hadar but it'd be awesome if there yeah. were you also need goo fingers to get in but that's a whole different thing that's true that's true so Odo admits that he's lived a very solitary life and she says well that was necessary but your home now she offers him her hand and they merge goo for a while this is very meaningful for odo and he's learned a great deal he's experienced the link for the first time he says i am home and smiles so at first this is a pretty interesting uh i don't get a thing you got you got all these cool colors on your data pad and i get nothing well, what do you want? I don't know. I just I just recognize that. It just feels so empty inside. Well, um, normally you put the episode title there, but then I realized it was too much work to do two slates. I'll, I'll make you something. You you tell me you what you it, want. Can you fill it with Odo goo? I can definitely fill it up with Odo goo. Okay, that's what I want. Um, okay. So a production, I guess a, a, an interesting production thing here, because I went back and watched it a second time, not just this this bit there's a part where a female changeling is speaking to odo and like the big changeling the large actor behind her uh-huh. says something I, I, that i can't remember what he says is not important he uh, they say i think it was like he's not ready yet or something, yeah, something to like that, that effect. and i for the life of me 
kept for a while was thinking that they must be able also to speak telepathically because I could not see this changeling's mouth move. And what I ended up <laughs> figuring out is I think I was like, maybe it was ADR. No, what I think is, is that just the makeup and the prosthetic and such makes it difficult to move their face. And I think this actor just had oh, a challenge. Sure. I just think it was, he barely could move his mouth. And that's why they gave him half a line. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's probably it's right here, this not guy, untrue. This, this I, I bet it was also thing. ADR. I, it, yeah, that maybe. felt to me like it was probably a, uh, like a pickup. I'm trying not to gender the changeling because I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I mean, they're identified. She's ide- the 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 female changeling is identified as a female changeling. Okay, um, at least in the script and the IMDb. Okay, yeah, so because it was unclear to me whether the changelings are sexed. You know what I mean? I think they. I think they are. Um, you know, they they share a a consciousness sort of a deal like that, but they definitely do. Uh, I mean, Odo clearly identifies as male, mm-hmm. and I think she identifies as female. So that that is at least my understanding. Um, but if that's if that's not true, so, uh, somebody tell me. Because I, I, I don't if you really could know. like exist in a goo, and they because it also the lore you can explain to me later because I didn't ca- like when they Kaleled everybody, you know, and just like sent them off to, as like beacons or what, or or I guess they're sort of probes in a way. They're like child probes? Kind of, yeah. yeah. If that was, um, oh, I forgot my question even. All right, continue. <laughs> pay no mind to me. All right, well, you know, hold on. I have something important to do for a second. Okay. Oh, am I good already? Yeah, you're good already. Hold on. I got to, I got to, <clears throat> I got to save it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, it should show up shortly. All right. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, but he says I am home. And so, you know, look, we're, we're being sort of flippant about like the, you know, the goo people and it's sort of silly and all of that. But like for Odo, this is a really big deal. There it is. There's your goo. Yeah, sure is. Um, so like, it's, it's actually very meaningful for Odo. Like he is actually like for him, he's been existing for how many hundreds of years without having anybody or anyone and it's a it's a big deal so him smiling is inherently creepy but i don't think it's supposed to be Mm. so in act one we pick up on cisco in an escape pod they've had to abandon the defiant and they've been limping it along for six days and they are in really rough shape the sensors are out and they can't tell what's where they are or what's happening and then They've been rescued. O'Brien and Dax are there to say we need to get back to Deep Space Nine. So <laughs> look at them. They're so I happy. I mean, so awesome, these two screenshots. <clears throat> They're like, hello. That's that's really silly. Uh, so we head back to the Changeling planet. And Odo is annoyed already that he's being made to wait. He feels like an outsider at home already. And uh, so this this is where... Oh no! Did did we load it? I don't think we loaded it. We need what? to load emo Odo. Oh no! I forget right. who sent us that. Oh, it was on it, Facebook. It was it was JD on Facebook. All right, yeah. you you work on that while I talk because we okay. definitely need emo Odo okay. because he he's like I'm already home, man. I, I'm also I running go to slides, my room. but I'll, I'll I'll find it. I'm at home. No one wants to talk to me. I'm gonna just go to my room, listen to Tool. All right, so uh, the female. 
changeling arrives and explains that their history, the changeling's history, has taught them to avoid contact with solids whenever possible. Kira says, I want to try and contact Cisco and the others. And the female changeling says, not from the surface, because we have a VPN and they are trying to remain hidden. So the female changeling asks Odo if he's made use of the Arboretum and shapeshifted into the other stuff. And Odo asks why. And she says to become a thing is to understand a thing. And she says that he's ignorant of the gifts he possesses, which is a really interesting, like, physical metaphor for putting yourself in other people's shoes, like, like literally becoming other people's shoes. Um, but I, but I think it's there's an interesting there it is there's emo Odo. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, JD, that might be your best work. Yep. Like my wife is, was like, "What is that?" And I was like, "It's Timo uh, Odo." We that's Timo I mean, Odo. <laughs> Hold on, you know what? He should, he's going to live here for the, I believe, the remainder of the screenshots. Okay, uh, I, I, I think we might need to write an emo Odo song. All right. Well, you ever done emo? Q? You ever written an emo? Uh, not on purpose, but I've, I've written, I've definitely written things with emo feelings. Yeah, that's that's, that's for darn sure. All right. So, uh, but anyway, I, I think there's an interesting thing here about um, the changelings and Odo, and Odo's not even having considered his changing into stuff as part of his cultural and identity. Like he, it, like for him, it's always been a practical thing, mm-hmm. and so he's never even like tried to become other things as part of his experience. And you know, that's that's. He's just missing this huge hole as a part of his culture, part of his identity, because it's been something that he has been trained for all these years to be ashamed of, right. to hide, to feel bad about. And his culture is like, no, man, this is this is the whole deal. This is like this is this is great. You should definitely take advantage of this. And so I think that's part of where his isolation comes from, is that his very identifying feature is the very thing that he is ashamed of. Mm. Um, that's It's interesting. So, uh, where am I? Odo tells Kira he wants to be alone because, you know, emo. And she says she's going to go sneak off and try to contact Cisco without giving away their position. We head back to Deep Space Nine and Cisco is greeted by... It's actually a great point because up until like that scene, really, you you would forgive the show... For continuing down the sort of Odo is pulled to this place, Odo is obsessed with these people, Odo has found his family, his home, and Odo is now protective of such, right? So one of the conflicts you would you could potentially expect or telegraph would be, oh, Kira wants to needs to sneak off and do some business to get off, you know, the the planet, and Odo becomes an adversary and will not let her and and you mm-hmm. could you you would forgive the show that. It would be it could be interesting, but I like that Odo is conflicted, but and is dealing with his his toolness, but also is still part of our team, right? And he's like, "Okay, you go, you go, do what you got to do. You know, sneak around, do your do your investigation, and I'm gonna deal with my things. But I'm still, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna prevent you from doing what you have to do." I thought that was cool. Well, I I, I think so too, and it gets explained a little bit later, but I think 
part of what explains Odo's weird obsessive behavior in the last episode is that it's written into his genetic yeah. code mm-hmm. to go home. He had absolutely no agency uh, in that situation. And we could sort of tell, right? We could tell in his performance, like, that's not a guy in control. But his it's not clearly not written into his genetic code now. Mm-hmm. Once he's there, that part of it got turned off. And so we're back to normal Odo, who's going to be a little circumspect, who's going to be a little let's put a, loyal to Kira. Let's put a pin in that because I'm not sure if I have a wormhole with it or if it's just I'm confused on a, a plot point. So we'll we'll get there. Okay, cool. All right. So we head back to Deep Space Nine and Cisco is greeted by Admiral Necheyev, who we know from Next Generation as one of the top Starfleet admirals. But she's happy. She's delighted they're setting up peace negotiations with the Dominion. O'Brien and Dax say they met with the founders and said they wanted peace. Cisco isn't sure we should trust them. One of the founders has asked to meet Cisco as soon as he arrived. It's a guy named Borath, and he says, I'm one of the founders. Cisco realizes he's met one before. It's a nice. Boo. Okay. I thought I thought I was saving it up. I thought maybe, but would have been better if I had the sound cue, but I didn't want to risk the uh even though I I think my impression might get us a strike because it was Oh, it's it's so so flawless. Uh you know, you know what I've always missed? Borat impressions. Do you have any Austin Powers you can do for me? Uh, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean I love Borat, but like Borat impressions make me want to die. Uh, yeah, so he says he's one of the founders, and Cisco met one of them, Eris, in the, uh, the season two finale. Porath explains that uh, Eris couldn't admit it because she had a phaser pointed at her, which makes a certain amount of sense. He explains that the Dominion felt threatened by the Federation's incursions into the Gamma Quadrant, but they were impressed by the Federation risking their lives to try to make peace. He's vaguely creepy about all of it and cisco is naturally a little suspicious says his eyebrow says his eyebrow what now what were you feeling at this point yeah jen astutely points out that okay if this is some sort of ruse or whatnot like and i guess the setting and whatnot but it's like if you want to if you if this if 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 your goal is to establish peace talks this vaguely uh threatening line of conversation is probably not your best swing, but it appears as though I have to remember, I had to remind her at post fact that this negotiation has, is en res, right? Like Ben is entering into it. And theoretically there are, there have already been some negotiations abound. Well, but also remember peace negotiations aren't always peaceful. And that, you know, a lot of negotiations in war, it's carrot and stick. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me just remind you that I can blow you off the face of the planet. And then let's discuss the terms of the land deal. And so it's it's not necessarily wrong uh, or or unrealistic that there would be a vague threatening as part of the peace negotiations. So in Act 2, Garrick meets Bashir on the promenade. They walk past a Jem'Hadar who's just chilling on the promenade. And they do a walk and talk through the entire set, which is why they have to begin right at the very edge that mm-hmm. they tried to mask, but uh, somebody caught it. Um, but they do this 
amazing walk and talk all the way through the set. Really, really cool. Garrick is nervous about the peace talks. He says enemies make dangerous friends. Garrick's always there with the uh, the good quip for a coffee, coffee mug. Uh, he thinks they will live to regret this peace treaty. And the Cardassian government is for it, which to Garrick justifies his fears. Okay, Keith. Potential wormhole plot point thing. Okay. All right. Spoilers midway through our summary for the end of the episode. But okay. I have to I bring think it up every, now. I think everybody watching knows yeah. the end of the episode. I have to start it now. Because what we'll have to wrestle with at the end here, Keith, is just how much information the founders, I'll keep it at that, the founders have. Because clearly, from the simulation, clear, so we know that, that this is Bashir acting... Uh, with his in his own cognizance, right. right? So he knows right. that is him. But but this is a simulated Garrick mm-hmm. with all of their previous relationship exposed. Garrick, they know he's a spy. They know all of their previous spy interactions. Like, how do they have all of this information about Garrick? Ah. And how do they know all of this stuff? Well, two things. I I I, I can fix this in two different ways. Okay. Uh, one, we've already, the, the Dominion has already proven they have incredible intelligence capabilities. Yeah. Right. And, um, and we know that they, they didn't reveal themselves till they kind of knew everything. Yeah. And knew everybody. Uh And, uh, spoiler alert for the end that the, the goo people, uh, guess what? Uh, so they're pretty easy to sneak around if they want to. And get information. So that's part one. Part two is uh, in order to run this simulation in Bashir's head, they're already in Bashir's head. I was going to say that. Is he? Are they sort of like astro projecting? So, well, they're, so they're not only let's. So they're not only running a simulation, which is uh, ethically amb- questionable at, at the best, but. Clearly, they're data mining inside of these brain spaces. Of course. Yeah. Uh, no, no, of, of course. And whether or not they're going into Bashir's head, pulling this information and building it into the simulation, or doing some sort of a collaboration with his subconscious. Yeah, I guess if they're to letting create, him in on the land, right? To fill in the details. Right. They're putting him like in the land and, and forcing him to sign the TOS. That exactly. Exactly. So uh I I think so I I think honestly that could work would make sense on, on a couple of different levels. Um, you know, but certainly the specter of the intelligence gathering abilities they have mm-hmm. is very clear. Like they are, they know so much more about us than we know about them. So it, and, 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 and can't be undone. Right. So at the end, it's not like, you know, you get caught. Ta- what a weird analogy just popped in my head. You get caught taking a video at a Broadway show. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. let us watch you delete that video. <clears throat> no, they got all the stuff they got. At the end. Oh, yeah. When they walk off, no, 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 it's no. like, thank you. Bye. No, they got exactly what they wanted. Like, there's there's no question they did. Um, So they run into the Romulan lady, and she's justifiably pissed that for some reason, the Romulans have been excluded from the peace negotiations. Did I skip? Did I not get a screenshot? I don't know. I don't think you did. Okay. And just imagine. Oh, there she is. She, but she's not so there pissed here, but just imagine her pissed. Well, that's it. But Romulans don't show you pissed. They show you pissed that's that you know romulans are not going to show you that emotion uh 
All the other great powers in the quadrant were part of the peace negotiations, but the Romulans aren't. And she says, if the treaty is signed without them, there will be a war. Yes, that. thank you. Thank you. That's, that's very helpful. So we head back to the Changeling planet, and Kira tries to send a message. But all signals are being blocked by some sort of subterranean power source. Odo arrives and seems frustrated. He's been shifting into a bunch of things, but doesn't feel anything. He's annoyed he doesn't get it, and he has to go to his bucket. Mom. In Sisko's office, Admiral Nechev shows up and asks why the Romulans have been excluded. Oh, Sisko's, Sisko asks Nechev why the Romulans have been excluded. And she says it was requested by the Founders. And the founders felt the Romulans would be a disruptive element. Cisco naturally, is worried about the Romulans' reaction. But Necheyev says, hey, if we sign this treaty, we'll never have to worry about them again. Because altogether, we're, we will be super powerful. Um, weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, All of her behavior is weird, which is what <clears throat> started to... I didn't say it right away because I didn't want to, like say it to Jen in case I was right, because I really thought I was right. And I sort of wasn't wrong. What did you think? So I started formulating right here because of her performance. Uh, mm-hmm. And I credit her for this because I'm sure it was informed. I started thinking, what if the goo people have infiltrated Starfleet by being goo symbiotes, basically? Like, sure. not symbiotes, goo... Uh, replicants, replicants, replacements. And because I was like, she's definitely speaking with, I thought she was like kind of, I'd never met her before in our next gen, like replicating the speech patterns of, of mama goo. Uh, so and mm. my, my working theory at this point was that the goo people were actually running the talks as replacing it. Repl- yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Manchurian I, I, candidating, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that idea. You know, and what we know of Nechev before is that she is a little bit kind of like this. She mm-hmm. she was a little bit adversarial, um, you know, working with the Borg and all that kind of stuff. She's she's sort of like the uh, she's the Dick Cheney of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't necessarily be shocking, um, but I love that idea. That sounds fun. It's so, not in all entirely wrong. No. No, not at all. They are I sort mean, of it's, running it's, the thing, but they, well, they, they, yeah, they were they weren't just running one person; they yeah. were running the whole the whole universe at that point. So we head back to the changing planet, and Odo asks the female changeling why they distrust solids. She does refer to herself as a changeling, um, and says it was a name given to them by solids as an insult, but in defiance, they reclaimed it for themselves so, so Keith, they do yes if we're the solids and they're mm-hmm. the goos mm-hmm. does that make them the number ones and we're the number twos yes yes i guess now i oh boy i really had to really had to piece <laughs> i that really together. want a slow motion <laughs> replay keith tried to work through that calculus <laughs> i'm so sorry internet that's gross, man. Gross. <laughs> Get your head out of the great link. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, where was I? Jesus. All right. So 
they reclaimed the name Changeling for themselves. She explains that in the past, they traveled the stars as explorers in peace, but they were met with hatred, suspicion, and violence. They were feared, so they were hunted and killed, so they chose isolation. Now, great, great part of the episode, in my opinion, because mm. before we have give Odo a chance to work through all of this, we know that this mirrors his experience. 100%. So, okay. And and uh, I think it was Taya, the little girl, references stories like so. We've heard this story mm-hmm. before, and and the and the guy who was trying to sell him the lock or whatever, like so. This is not a story that we're unfamiliar with, right? I love that you you referenced that Taya episode because, as it turns out, she was a simulation. She was also a simulation. Ooh. Uh, but I mean, I, I think that story is pretty believable. Like, yeah. and, and like it speaks to human nature that mm-hmm. that's out of how people would react. I mean, I do, I'd still believe it, even with knowing all the yeah. follows. Yeah, I don't think she Yeah, was... for sure. It, it, it's logical. Mm-hmm. So uh, she says so instead of traveling to explore, we sent out baby changelings to grow up in other places, like probes, like you said, implanted with a genetic homing beacon, calling them home. But we've never run across any other ones. No, because they sent them out to quadrants. I mean, it's it's a giant amount of space. And we don't know how long it took them to get there because they only vaguely reference how long he's been out there. She says a long time. He's been out there a long time. um, But they say he was the first to return and he wasn't supposed to return for another 300 years. Um, So it could, I mean, who knows? They're obviously very long lived. Um, but it was the wormhole is why he got back 300 years early. Um, so they really sent them out incredibly far. Um, so, uh, which is a fascinating backstory and tragic backstory, really. I mean, because you're just, you're well, just sending well, think out about these- it, right? So you think the math is like, so 300 years. So that means like at a light year, you could try to figure out the math, but then, then you figure clearly they have at least the technology we have with like different warp speeds. So, how far can you travel in 300 years at like warp 10 or whatever? Pretty right, he, damn he, far, right? He's, he might have been 300 years before he, he was ever discovered. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, like it explains so much. Like he's he was just tossed off as an infant, didn't even know what he was as a probe. That's It's brutal. It's really brutal when yeah. you think about it. They, uh, but instead of saying, what the hell did you just do to me? They make goo hands again. And this time they go all the way and merge into a single being. And Odo gives you that Odo face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You were going to make that same joke, weren't you? Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's been done. I think, uh, I I think sort of like a, uh, a Borat (laughs) impression. (laughs) Odo's O face. When gooing into that lady yeah. is uh, <laughs> well documented. <laughs> well documented. <laughs> uh, uh, but not for I mean, children, click. Not for children. I mean, I don't even. Ooh, it's all subtext, but we all know what that means. It's just like banging in the arboretum. Right there. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. So, uh, so we begin Act Three, and Odo or Kira searches I for want Odo. That toy. It exists. That thing's cool. 
Yeah, tricorder. Yeah, Playmates made one. Oh. We, we'll have to get one for you. So in Act 3, Kira searches for Odo in the garden. She's not sure if he's a plant or a rock. It's kind of silly, but it Keith, also... We came up to a door like that in Keith and Mike play Star Trek The Next Generation of Final Unity, didn't we? But we had, I think we had to give it like a, a doodad to get in the doodad. That's about as much as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I had to point and then I had to click and then we had to like find a... Like yeah, a, a we, MIDI cable and then a dildo. You had I think. to find a MIDI cable. That's a, yeah. MIDI cable and a dildo. Is that what you just I said? I believe that's what we the joke we were making in the last episode. Wow, we're children. So, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Ooh. So she can't find Odo, and she monologues to him, and uh, she's going to try to figure out what's blocking the signal. So she pieces out to try to get back to Deep Space Nine. She tracks down said giant door in the middle of a rock, and she asks why shapeshifters would need a door. To which I would say, the same reason anybody else needs a door? Yeah, like, it's clearly some effort to goo up and goo down. Like, if I, every time I had to go through a door, I just gooed through, it could be complicated. But also, just like, don't shapeshifters also sometimes want privacy? Sometimes they want to be left alone? Sometimes they want, like, like I don't have walls because I'm solid. I have walls because I want walls. Yeah, but you, like, when you want to go down your basement when you want to be alone, but what if you could just, like, pop in a bucket? You know what I mean? You carry the bucket around with you? you could, what if you could carry your basement everywhere you went, Keith? I mean, that would be fine. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like that very much, but, like, how many the, Star the Trek, bucket has walls, but How many Playmates action figures can you get in a bucket? That's the question. Depends on the size of the bucket, always. This yeah, see? is not a good episode. <laughs> this is more, more a mess. No, well, it's because we haven't done one in a while, yeah, and I was really, we're, we're too excited. All right, so she, uh, the computer in her tricorder cannot scan behind the door. Mystery. We head back to Quark's, and he's happily bartending as the Jem'Hadar gamble. Quark is delighted. The peace treaty is about to be signed, and the Jem'Hadar like gambling. He quotes Martin Luther King, then a Jem'Hadar picks a fight with O'Brien and throws him around for a while. Eddington breaks it up, and he's not going to do anything because he's been ordered to give the Jem'Hadar a wide berth. And Eddington is kind of an asshole about it. They go to Cisco's quarters. So what is the simulation attempting to, to suss out informationally here? How will they respond if the Jem'Hadar are a little heavy-handed? What is their well, instinct? They, I mean, if you really think about the simulation, they are antagonizing the people they're, they're testing to see what they're going to do. And, you know, the whole thing, you know, you know how like the peace treaty sounds shifty and the whole thing sounds suspicious. That's intentional. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't want, you know, they, they want to see what they're going to do if it's shady if they can tell that something is wrong and they can tell that this is going to be a problem, what's, you know, how far would they go to prevent this from happening? So it's part of all so of if it. You, if you play this out then, so you know how we, we, what we know about the, the, the founders or the Jim Hadar, like all those that the yeah. dominion, excuse me, the dominion. Yeah. Is that they only use violence when, uh, people don't succumb to their sort of, uh, negotiations right but judging by this episode clearly they already know whether they're going to need to use force or not because they probably run the simulation 
Well, but they've run they've run the simulation, but not with these people. So this 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 gives them so much more information. I'm saying like they've probably in previous interactions with other species that they've had to get violent oh, with. Oh, they might have done something. They've been able this. to prep yes. because they knew, oh, these people under testing, they've realized, oh, they're gonna be yeah, resistant. Probably. You know, although the the Alpha Quadrant is for the first time a f- much a much more formidable foe mm. than anybody else in their quadrant. So um, they probably did do this, but also like the Federation, especially if you combine them with all the other Alpha Quadrant things, like oh, that's that's an actual adversary. It's a threat. We're gonna we're gonna do the full test. We're gonna do the whole thing. So uh, we head to Cisco's quarters, and Jake is still wearing the same jammies as last season, and Ben is preoccupied. He feels nervous because he's being kept out of loop out of the loop on the negotiations. Uh, there's Eddington being an asshole. Here's Sad Ben. Sad Ben. Dax shows up and is pissed. She's being transferred to a starship. Bashir calls and wants to talk about the Gem Hadar. So everything, so like again, looking back on it now as a as a test, they're poking all mm-hmm. of them to see to see what happens when you cause all these various problems uh cisco barges in on the meeting with nechev and borath he's coming in hot he is pissed but they interrupt him with the news the federation is pulling out of the sector they're giving the station to bajor they're giving the station and bajor to the dominion cisco is not happy Nechev says it's the price of peace Cisco asks what the Federation gets out of it. And Borat says, our friendship? Isn't that enough? Uh, and Ben so, says, that's not my bag, baby. <laughs> no, it is not. Look at that great see Cisco what, face. See, see what I did, Keith? I, I called back to the beginning of the episode when you asked me for an Austin Powers impression. Oh. And I finally delivered it. Oh, well, that, we, we didn't do the accent. No, because I I, I, I thought I would offend someone. Because <laughs> my accent work is uh, not one of the highlights of my uh, performance. I think it's still acceptable to offend the British. So yeah. We did by beating them in the first round of pool play in the World oh. Baseball Classic, Keith. Wow, that's a fair fight. And then Mexico beat us 7-5. to five. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, so that's a little creepy, but Nechev says, it's all, it's all okay, because we're promoting you to captain. And the treaty was signed this afternoon. What if Ben's like, all right. Sweet, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what if, like, the entire simulation was like, cool. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, captain? a starship, that's great, nice. Well, <laughs> peace out. All right, so, now I'm wondering... Did uh, you know? I know you were suspicious of Nechev, whether she'd been replaced or something like that. D- at, at any point, like, or or when did you start, or did you ever start questioning the reality of this? Story? I did not. I just my my thought was I really thought I was right about the the changelings taking over people or acting as people or being those people all along. Hard to say. Um, I thought maybe at one <clears> point <throat> Nechev would be like, I have to go for a minute because she had to go goo down or something but <laughs> i was interested i was like yo if they're moving dax off if they're already promoting ben 
because I know you had said something long ago, like he changes uniforms. So I figured maybe that was the explanation for that. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I was just surprised by with the speed with which we're escalating the stakes because they they gave us kind of a soft reboot potential right. last episode that like, hey, maybe this is gonna they're gonna d- draw out the Dominion stuff. But here yeah. I'm thinking, oh crap, this is season is just gonna be pop 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 Dominion Dominion Dominion. So uh, I was not. Uh, you know, you never questioned the reality. I did not. Yeah, I, I don't think I did either when mm. I first saw it. So in Act Four, we're back on the Changing Planet, and a bird flies up to Kira and transforms, mostly off, off camera. <laughs> <laughs> They've blown their goo budget already. Back into Odo, he's finally happy. He got to fly. That's awesome. I wish I could turn into a vulture. Kira is happy for him. But she knows he's going to stay. And Keith, we are ta- we are doing acting 101 levels here. We start the scene, he's down. Then he's up, but she's down. That's all levels, baby. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes. But before they say goodbye, she wants him to help find what's behind the door. Let's make a deal. I like that light orb yeah, dealie. Yeah, rad. I cool. should have that in the background of my shot here. There you got boob right there. Man. Yeah, see, well, I, I got a light tree. Did you see my light tree? Yeah, nice. A little, uh, little, little papa. Yeah, you, little need, papa a pop, you need a pip and a pop. Got a pip and pop. So on the station, uh, Garrick comes up to Cisco, and he thinks he'll be back soon to fight against uh, the. Oh yeah, it, yes. Because they're they're going to pull everybody out of Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. and abandon it altogether. And it's like, I think you're going to be back soon to fight against Bajor. Because Bajor has just formed an alliance with the Romulans to fight against the Dominion. Uh-oh. Uh, Garrick is also against the treaty and thinks their leaders have simply gone insane. Bo, uh, uh, Cisco and Garrick are surprised to be on the same page. And he's clearly hinting at something. Then the Romulan lady calls out, being chased by the Jem'Hadar through the promenade. Cisco gets in a hand-to-hand fight with the Jem'Hadar. Then, yes, the Romulan lady is shot. And I was like, wow, that's an easy way to write her off the series. Yeah, boom, bye. We can't afford you, bye. Bye, you're going to go eat. You're going to be a subject for you pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. You're going to be fine. Maybe you might get written off that one too. Your coat's fabulous. (laughs) So, uh, but they end up locking them all in the brig with uh, Eddington being super dick in Odo's chair. Dax, Bashir, and Garrick then do a rescue mission by overpowering Eddington. They have a plan to take the runabout armed with photon torpedoes. They're going to collapse the wormhole to keep the Dominion out. Things have escalated. That's like, that's the, that's their whole thing. The wormhole's the whole thing. That's the whole thing, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah, we got to blow it up. That's the only way to do this. Got to do it. Look, Keith, you know what they say. If you got a car and it becomes a money pit and you're just pumping money into that car, you got to blow up the car and take the insurance money. That's what they Do say. They, who says that? That's what they say. I've, just, I, I I've never heard anybody say that. Just repeating what I've heard, Keith. That's just what I thought that was general wisdom. I don't know. I feel like maybe you're going to be on the top 10 wanted there in Odo's office behind them. Rule of thumb. Oh, guys, don't blow up your cars. You can just 
turn them in. I don't know. Uh, yes, yes. Emo Odo is the top wanted person. Okay. So uh, in Act 5, back in the planet, Odo is examining the door. He is able to intuit that the purpose of the lock is to keep people in, mm. not keep people out. Odo reaches into the door with goo hands. It's a Man, goo a- bowling ball hand lock. Maneuver. Yeah. Ooh, I got to go bowling. I love bowling. Yeah, we went bowling the other I got to tell you, my wife is in much, uh, she, her, her body's holding up better than mine at our advanced age. Obviously. So, you know, I ran the cost uh, efficiency and it's much more cost effective to play all you can, all you can bowl, pay the all you can bowl price than just get two games. Cause two games Always. is where I type out. Oh no. So as I, you know, bowled a pretty good first game, mm-hmm. Jen had a less good first game and then she gets, she's like a Keith. She gets determined. Yeah. Seven bowling games later. Hell yeah. My scores were like, as I was literally falling apart. Uh-huh. Right. I was like, oh, God, what are we doing? And then I, by that point, I'd eaten fries and a Coke. And that just that destroys me mm-hmm. from the inside, folks. Um, <laughs> we are the number twos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you number twos were goo. Jen scores was like. So now every time we're like driving around and looking for something, to do, she's like bowling, bowling. And I was like, listen, <laughs> you got to I like a bowling here and there, but it's not a hobby. I love bowling. I like Jen, to bowl, but it's not a hobby. Jen, I will go bowling with you, and we will definitely play seven games. I have I have shoes. Okay. Jen has shoes, too. Shoes. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. I think I might be better friends with your wife yeah. than you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's not a surprise. No, it's not. Okay, we get in the door. Oh, oh my God. Where are we? Oh, yes. So, we, uh, so he just goes to the door, goes to the lock. We're really stringing this along. Uh, we head back to the station. Garrick does the I'm taking them prisoners gag to get past some Jem Hadar. Then he shoots the first two, then is shot dead himself. Oh. Uh, so, so at this point, you're not questioning this reality. You think Garrick's dead. Oh, I figured maybe they, they shot him to stun. I don't know. There's always a way out of getting shot on, deep, on Star Trek. I suppose that's true. They fight their way through the hallways to the runabout. They get on board, and O'Brien accepts death's or uh, accepts Garrus Derek's death pretty damn easily. I get <laughs> those that was were really words. Hard to say. What you started with was <laughs> O'Brien accepts death, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Did I miss a scene?" <laughs> what? I mean, this sentence is O'Brien accepts Garrick's death. That's a really hard thing to Raise say. Raise your hand if you wrote that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the operative. Part of that is I wrote that yeah, sentence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, for some reason, if this is the first time you've watched one of our shows, this is a perfect, this is an exemplar yeah. uh, presentation of what, what Keith and I bring to the table, which is just utter disaster. Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. For But it sure. looks nice. Looks great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they zoom off. And they shoot photons into the wormhole and it collapses back on the planet. So at this point, again, if you're accepting this as reality, the wormhole's gone. Credits. Like, boom. Series. Credits. Yeah. That's the end of the series. But back on the planet, 
And and at this point, they've now abandoned Kira and Odo in yeah, the other quadrant. They will times. never see yeah. them again. Well, I didn't really think about those, the stakes at that point. I mean, because we're coming into the final bit of this episode, so I was ready for some way to undo it all. Well, luckily, Odo opens the door and is greeted by Jem Hadar. They are walked through and they dis- the cave, and they discover our heroes strapped to tables. Borath is there and explains that they've been doing an experiment to find out what they would do to avoid a war. And then the female shapeshifter arrives. The changelings are the dominion. They are the founders. Holy poop. That's a that's a twist. Uh-huh. The hunted now control hundreds of planets and species. They've decided to impose order on the quadrant. And she says, the solids have always been a threat to us. That's the only justification we need. Odo is horrified and he says, I've devoted my life to justice. And this is not justice. And she says, it's not justice you desire, Odo. It is order. And that is their whole deal. All right. So we've just had the giant reveal. What were you thinking at this point? Uh, I think it's super rad. I, I liked first that I was a little bit right. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you could just tell. But what I think, to really summarize the enormity of it, I think the best sort of big baddies, um, even when they're nuanced, even when they have very nuanced uh, backstories or or stakes, I think Thanos often, because he mm. he's very, it's very intricate what his motivations and and when you look at them in a certain light it's very out there's a logic to it altruistic in fact just the season finale of the last of us aired last night and it's about a very similar kind of concept but amongst all of that it's still super badass and a lot of authoritarian regimes are this way too when regardless of the sort of nuanced gray area motivations their means are binary right right Right, the search for law and order. Yep. Good, bad. Kill, live. Yep. Order, disorder. Chaos. So you know that you can't can't argue with that, right? There's no arguing uh, syntax or uh, empathy with someone who's like, it's this or that. So uh, really awesome. So they are to be feared. But it's, it's very, as a student of history... It's the same justification of any authoritarian regime ever. Now, were they going to keep this from Odo? Like, were they going to silently release them after this and let them and be none I, the wiser? But that seems I how- don't think so. I, I think they expected Odo to be like, oh, all right, well, I don't care about that. Let's hang out. Because, and and so I'll, I'll finish this and we can keep talking about yeah. it. She offers Odo to join the Great Link. And to her surprise, he says, I already have one. These people. Then he demands to leave and take his friends with him. And she says, okay, no changeling has ever harmed another and lets them go. But then she says, next time, I promise you, I will not be so generous. Um, and so those are the, the no changeling have ever harmed another. That's going to be a thing. That's, that's, a, that's an important statement. They... Uh, Everybody wakes up 
and realize it was all a dream, sort of. But we find out that the ship, the Defiant, is still in orbit. They beam up, leaving Odo and the female shapeshifter to say goodbye. She tells him he'll always be an outsider. And he says, being an outsider isn't so bad. It gives you a unique perspective. Mm. Wise. She says, maybe I'll come impose order on the Alpha Quadrant sometime. He says, not going to be as easy as you think. She returns to the link, leaving Odo and Kira. Kira takes Odo's hand and they beam up together. I want to finish those screenshots because I realized I had skipped it. Yeah. They converse, they threaten each other, she de-goos. She de-goos. And then they have this weird moment that I'm like, Odo I've never done Kira. that with my friends, but cool. You don't know. Maybe you just need better friends. Fair. Okay. All right, so uh, we got some other screenies. Some yes, cool we, I would just have a couple of other things. Yeah. This is um, from the, the, the pre-production. This is the first idea of the Arboretum, which obviously would have been cooler, but more expensive than what they ended yeah. up doing. Um, but a, a cool sketch there. And there's there's Frakes himself doing some direction on the camera. And you can see this this is why, you know, the endless debate about why can't we get an, an HD version of Deep Space Nine? It was shot on 35 millimeter film. That's cinema quality. Then you can see right there, these were not little handheld digital cameras. This was done on re, you know real film. Um, so they very much could uh but it's really cool to see frakes directing and you can see a little bit behind the scene there on quarks and lastly here's a picture of quark himself getting his makeup touched up um so just cool behind the scenes couple of pictures there Man, to look totally. at if you're watching this on the youtube if you're just listening on the uh on the podcast eh, tough but <laughs> <laughs> uh but actually like i if i ever like revisit what we do it's on the podcast version i i i can't i can't sit here and stare at us i, yeah, I can't do I, it. I do enough of that for us so <laughs> all right let's do our vocab quiz mike and now it's time for mike and deglio's star trek vocabulary quiz mike what's the great link he that great link is uh well literally a big giant pool of goo that uh we all kind of exchange bits within if you're a changeling but i think more uh figuratively it is the local area network amongst which all of the changelings uh share experiences and data and information together concurrently yes and i think the part that you uh that you left out which will become more important it's the emotional part of it is actually very important okay so uh and next one now you finally know the answer mike who are the founders hey it's the uh the changelings who were so oppressed and and viled against now are expo- uh, putting their order upon the various quadrants the oppressees become the oppressors now I think it's time to move along home with the most oppressive of theme songs. Okay, 
here we are in our Alamorami station, and it's time for us to talk about wormholes in the plot. Mike, were there any wormholes in the plot? Keith, you helped me with the wormholes because uh, I was afraid that uh, I didn't quite understand um, the what's in my, what's in my bucket um, of the the simulation, like whether or not various things. Anyway. Uh, so I don't have that wormhole anymore. I guess my question was like, what have they done in the previous interrogations? Once they run the simulations with all these people, they just let them back on the ship and then these people, or let them back wherever, and the people are like, what happened? Or none the wiser? Well, we don't know that they've ever done this before. Mm. Right, we we don't actually know that. Um, I, I think in most cases, had they done it before, I would imagine that like the next thing they do is invade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they decide whether or not, I mean... Uh, they they could either if they're gonna if they're gonna invade aggressively they just kill the people in it and then just invade if they're gonna do it diplomatically then they I don't know if they can wipe a memory or put them back and then like you know use their political subterfuge because you know they might use a scalpel as opposed to a hammer when when they can um yeah so I th- I think that would be the plan okay um, outside of that it all seems to track for me pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one I would have would be is is really the only question, but I I think it's it's easily answered. Is that like why did they just give them their ship back and let them go? And I think the answer is because they don't want to start a war. Yeah, and and that there's there was no reason to do that um, yet. Who knows? Um, so uh, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's pretty tight, frankly. Yeah, it's good. It, uh, it's a great it, part too, and I like it, that part two was exactly what like if my beef for with part one was that the the meat of the episode was the last five minutes of 45 minutes this yeah. episode remedies that by blowing out those five minutes to the full to the full feature length which i i appreciated yeah ceo yeah. jen's here she loved it what's she up ceo breakfast. jen oh she made me a lunch oh my god ceo jen thank you jen is so you they don't deserve lo- they jen. love when i eat on camera oh everybody does uh we're almost done i'll, I'll let it sit um just brought you lunch jeez i don't deserve it no you really don't all right we know what you do deserve a best moment what was your best moment well keith my best moment actually is at the very end there's a lot of great moments in this episode i really liked you know me i love when ben's side-eyeing so i love the scene when ben and what's her bucket the uh uh nikolai sergeant nikolai lobachevsky are uh not right I don't know what you. I don't. I don't even know the blonde, the blonde, Admiral, uh, Admiral Nechev, yeah, Sergeant Lobachevsky or Admiral Nechev, basically the same thing. I like their tête-à-tête. I liked him and Garrick just doing this to each other a bunch. (laughs) But what I love is a little crumb. This will at the very end because whilst I love a binary baddie, right? As we talked about, Mm -hmm. um, what you don't want from your baddie is to be them to be too OP. You can't just spend episodes and episodes and episodes talking about how badass they are badass without showing or at least intimating at a, a chink in the armor, like a, a mm. glowing red spot to shoot at if you're playing a video game. And they do it here, I think, very with two little, like little teeny breadcrumbs that I'm, I don't know. I haven't seen the rest, so I'm assuming. One is what you said earlier when she says, no changeling has ever harmed another, which tells mm-hmm. me, oh, that. They just like made Odo the most one of the most, if not the most important character on the show. 
if yeah. he's like the thin goo line between yeah <laughs> being decimated or not then that makes him very important and also um oh i had it i had it i had it i had it yes so they implanted into his dna his return trip right right but they assumed they did not need to put a failsafe that would make him do their bidding because right. they fully expect him to just join the goo link and and be part of the team against these people. He chose right. not to do that, which shows me that they might be overconfident. They mm-hmm. might have make be making assumptions. They maybe the power that they wield, they they are or they're just simply underestimating their their foes. Regardless, it could be any of the above, it could be all of the above. Regardless, they are not foolproof foolproof. Maybe technologically thus far they have proven to be, but they are not foolproof in their strategy. And that could be, Keith, the small doodad that we need to blow up in the whole thing. So that's my best moment is that last little scene where they leave the door open. Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's, you know, it's all it's all part of the 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 same thing. I, I think what they what they what they underestimated. And that's what he, you know, he he said that uh, they offer him to join the Great Link. He has a Great Link. It's these people, right? I think the thing that they have underestimated, both in what they, you know, dealt with with Odo, but also in the bigger picture, is the connections, the 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 connections that the Solids make. I think that they, because their experience of Solids was they were so brutal and evil and mean. They, I think they've underestimated the fact that they can make interpersonal connections mm-hmm. and, and their devotion to each other and their, their love and, and their, and that kind of a, that sort of a thing. I, I think they, they sort of felt like our great link is the overrides, like we understanding something, we understand something you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think they don't i think odo says like no <laughs> we have that connection too it looks different but it is very well, much has adopted real. this sort of very human belief that you live long hopefully you don't you live long enough in order to be able to change your mind about certain things things you maybe have held so beliefs you held so firmly sometimes you change your mind that is your prerogative and hopefully that's what growth is and odo has adopted that whereas it does not seem as though the changelings have that they made an opinion about solids and there it's it it's binary it's that way and it's not changing so yeah uh, yeah and it's and it's it's fascinating uh you know for odo's and and like the unraveling odo's experience through this is going to go on for a long time but i I think it's start interesting to start asking the question for a guy who thought i will be complete when Mm. when i find my people Mm. and then you realize oh i already was complete and that's not what i thought it was you know, so far, that's sort of his feeling at that moment. And I think that's incredibly human. I mean, it's like, yeah. I will be complete when I get my Broadway show. And then you get it and you're like, oh, in a lot of ways, that was amazing. That was awesome. But it also wasn't what I thought it was. And it didn't complete me. And I actually had a lot of stuff that I wasn't valuing enough because I was waiting for that to feel complete. Um, and I think that's a really... Um, you know, and, and again, like that's really deep shit, right? Yeah, dude. That's like that's really um complex and nuanced human emotion experiential kind of stuff that we're working out in a sci-fi form here. Um, that we're just beginning to scratch the surface of all these bigger questions. And I I think it's friggin' awesome. All right. 
I think it is time to start uh, giving out some self-sealing stem bolts. But guess what, Mike? Uh, I, I might have done a little thing for us to introduce the segment. You get some stem Talk to me about it. Here we Oops. go. Let's hand out some STEM. Do we go oh. first or we do let CEO Jen go first? I can't remember. I think we go first, then we have CEO give the final word. I preferred this episode part two to part one. In fact, I think for the most part, yeah, could have. it could have been one episode. Um, yeah, we got a last with the Defiant and the like, the the cloaky cloaks and all that stuff. But actually, it probably could have been done in a separate episode or afterwards. Regardless, not important. Um, I think we learn so much about so many characters here, which is why I love. We not only do we reveal a huge mystery, two huge mysteries: who is the Dominion? Right? It's not just them. Clearly, they have some henchmen. They have the Jemadar, and then they have those like the uh, Borats. Um. They're, you're gonna know that they're eventually. You're gonna know they're, gonna, they're called the Vorta. Okay. Um, sounds like a discontinued Chevy. Um, <laughs> Chevy the Chevy Vorta. Vorta, eight miles per gallon. <laughs> the doors don't hang on. Uh, so we learn who they are. We also learn that Odo's not alone. In fact, he's part of an actually huge uh, population. Or I guess we don't know the Goo Link, but it seems pretty pretty impressive. Certainly powerful. Yeah. Uh, we also learn, we come to learn the, how deep his connection to his crew has been. We also learn the fate of people who we thought, you know, uh, it was great. We also learn further the extent of the technological prowess of the Dominion, which I think is continuing to be pretty impressive and pretty scary. Um, and we learn more about Ben's resolve, even through the simulation through Garak and where he, and Ben still 100%. You know, it's almost what's cool about Deep Space Nine. Clearly, we've talked about this before. It's almost always on Star Trek. I've come to see very diplomatically focused. This, it's like they've yeah. already realized this is not going to be a diplomat. Like they flirt with that in the beginning of this episode, but you can realize even in their own simulation, it's not go the talks aren't going well. Um, it's dangerous. Yeah. Yes, it's dangerous, and so. And they've been proving that they're actually, they're, even their shooty shoots has, have been getting better in the action sequences, and that goes to Frakes. Anyway, so I really love the stakes. I love the sort of non-violence violence that the baddies are using, right? Mm. Um, even simulated violence, but the, she's so calm and measured, and, and it's, it's... The it's, threat of violence mm -hmm. is scarier than the thing itself. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, and there's a, there's a satisfying conclusion that still pushes forward the narrative and still leaves uh, an ellipses for continued stories, but also sets a basis, right? Whereas it's not so action heavy, we don't have any uh, uh, hostages, and it's not like we have to jump right in next week. We can still pull back, that threat can be there, we can address right. it, we can do other things, we've left ourselves a, lot, a, a whole new diorama playset to play on with some new fun characters and some really cool colors. So I think... The table setting done in these first two episodes co co collectively is chef's kiss. Soft reboot, either you said or one of our viewers said in a review, perfect, a perfect way to, to, cap, to encapsulate it. 
Keith, I'm going back to where you guys were last week. I'm giving it 91 self-sealing stem bolts. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think it's an, an incredibly strong episode, um, you know, and it's 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 not one of those crazy character acting heartbreaking things like duet was mm-hmm. right. But in establishing like, yeah, it is sort of a soft reboot. It's, it's resetting the stakes, resetting the world. Um, I think does so incredibly successfully. I think um, obviously we learned so much about Odo um, both by learning his past, but also how he reacts to it. I think I, I just like the the Odo character has grown dimensionally through these last two episodes. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. At this point, we're saying like he's essential. He is an incredibly important character um, yeah, as this plays out, which is great. And, you know, we're in good hands with Renee to be able to pull all of that off. Um, so I, I think that is that's great. It's exciting. I know that like now having seen seen the 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 what we're up against, the adversary is so much more interesting than I ever would have imagined. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you think, oh, the Gem Hadar, oh, they're scary, they're badasses. Like, okay, but that's sort of monolithic, right? Yeah. Like it's punch punch. They're scary, it's cool, but there's not a lot of like what you know, thinking parts of it. Then you have the next tier up, you have the Vorta. We don't know a great deal about them other than they're sort of the 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 smarmy middleman. Now she's bringing me coffee. Oh my god, Jen. Jen, you Jen, he doesn't deserve he, he, this. He said he'd go bowling with you anytime, even yes, when I say no. Yes, let's go. Hell yeah. And yeah, here's. Oh, there's an arcade, there's an arcade there, too? there too. I should mention. Oh, sold. Yeah, Mike, you, Mike, you just Are need you to be our cigarettes? designated driver. You smell cigarettes right now. My neighbor downstairs yeah. is smoking a cigarette. We've got off the rails, Keith. Continue with your stem Trust me, nuts. Uh, all right. So, so I think that. Uh, so yeah. So you have then you have the you have the Vorta in the middle, who are like the smarmy used car salesman interactive. Can parts. I interest you in a used Chevy Vorta? Vorta, Chevy Vorta. And, you know, and then you have the changelings as at the top, like to have a three tiered stacked adversary, right? I think is really. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, to, to, have, to have the this stacked adversary, which has three distinct layers, all of which are different, all of which are menacing in different ways that opens up the storytelling possibilities yeah. so much more. It's so cool. It's well, such also a... knowing that the changelings are changelings. So like what I was anticipating at the beginning of the episode, they can be anybody. I mean, what that opens up. Yeah. Story, I mean, like. Or and, that and at any time you could be in a simulation and not know it. Right, right. So, so these first two episodes have exploded the storytelling possibilities. Like it has literally, it has nuked open mm-hmm. the opportunities for storytelling it's opened a wormhole into it's opened a well it's it's opened the wormhole so that now it's going to do something yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and it's and so it's so exciting that that i you know i i leave these first two episodes like you know i don't know where it's going but like holy crap this could the the number of doors that this has opened up are extraordinary and the other, the other big part of it is you talked about the threat. Mm-hmm. 
that this provides. And it provides the context of threat. No matter what we do from here on out, right? We have a silly Ferengi episode. We have a whatever. That now exists in the context of this threat. Yeah. And so you you have that adding seasoning. It's like adding salt to everything. It brings out all the flavors. It, it, makes, it makes things deeper because of the threat that this is providing. So whether or not it happens next episode or next season, we're going to feel that threat feel this sort of encroaching doom because you're right. Like, like she said, uh, next time I promise you, I will not be so generous. We know this is not the end of this story and uh, it's super exciting. So that, that seasoning, the salt that this adds to everything is amazing. And lastly, um, there's the element, we didn't really hit on it that hard in the, in the description, but I think it's really important for Cisco. Mm -hmm. What turned Cisco from I'm going to go argue with Necheyev to I'm going to blow up the effing wormhole, right? What was that turn? It wasn't the Federation. It wasn't Dax going off. It wasn't him losing his job. It wasn't pulling out of the, it was protecting Bajor. It was Garrick saying, when next you come here, you're going to be fighting Bajor because they've made a deal with the Romulans. And that was the thing that turned Cisco. Cisco's feeling of obligation, his feeling of duty to protect Bajor as his defining motivation is really important and really fascinating, you know, and we and we're starting to see it turn because because remember when he was first determined the emissary, he didn't want anything to do with it. Yep. It was weird. It's gross. I, I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't believe it. I, I, I want to wash my hands of this. We're seeing the turn there. Like, oh wow, this is actually important to him, and mm-hmm. that's starting to turn as well. So that opens up more storytelling avenues, which are also really exciting. Um, so I think I just talked myself up on my uh, on my self sealing stem bolts. So for me, partly in combination with the first the first one where this lead like the episode itself was great but where this leaves us as a part as in the storytelling in the context of the series i'm giving it 94 self-sealing stem bolts there are there are there are better single episodes coming up but in terms of like what does this do to our world unbelievably cool i think it's time to hear from jen from the desk of the CEO. Okay. Can't wait. Yeah. I have some stuff to think about, but you don't get the opportunity to think about it, Jim. Yeah. You've got to tell us right now your thoughts, and then I need a number ranking. Self ceiling stand bolts out of 10. My thoughts, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was good to see Quark. Good to see Garrick. And I'm glad Odo got to meet some more of his people. I liked the scene in Quark's bar. That was fun. He makes me laugh. So um, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I liked the ending. Yeah, like the wrap up was was cool. I'm I'm interested to see see what's next. I think I'm gonna go 85. 85. Wow. All right. Not as well, impressed. Not as impressed. She well, went down, but well, but she doesn't have all the context. Yep. Yep. You gotta have the context. Okay. Uh, all right, folks. Now it's your job. Leave your rating in stem bolts in the comments below here on the yeah, youtube this is big it's important this is a big one uh who's right is it me 
Is it Mike? Is it Jen? Yep. Good question. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So exciting. I'm, I I was, I've been jazzed to talk about this episode for, uh, for a while now. You can find all of our contact information, social media nonsense below. I'm at Keith Varney on all the stuff. He's at MikeyI99 on all the stuff. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash K&M. Get all sorts of fun bonus material, including watching Jen and Mike watch the episode when Mike remembers to press record on the video. Uh, if you're listening to the audio only version of this podcast, do us a favor, leave a rating and review on whatever your podcasting service of choice is. I know you're out there. I'm grateful that you are listening. Mike is too. I know for sure. sure. Mike, any final thoughts? No guys. Uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate your partners. We appreciate all of those in the office that think you're working, but you're really listening to our podcast on yeah, your little sneaky earphones. It means a lot. We look forward to you sticking around and check out some of the other stuff we do. And until next week, uh, I can't wait to see what's in store. Well, I'll tell you what's in store. Next week, we'll be talking about the House of Quark. Okay. Fun. All right. All right. Thank you for watching. Till then, this has been Keith and Mike. Watch Deep Space Nine. Thank you for watching KM Entertainment. If you enjoyed our particular brand of nonsense, please like and subscribe. Or become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash KNM.